Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Our second week of SEC predictions and previews here on Thunder and Lightning. Joining me now on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline is Jake Rowe, covers the Bulldogs, the other Bulldogs, uh, for 24-7 Sports. Jake, let's start with the, the most obvious question. You know, we all thought it was going to be the Jamie Newman show over there now, but JT Daniels has arrived. Is there any indication that he'll be eligible this season? And if there is, if he is eligible, what's that situation going to look like? Will there be a quarterback battle? Who comes out on top? Yeah, Daniels hasn't technically arrived yet, but at the end of the day, you never know whether a quarterback's going to get a, a, a waiver or not. I mean, it's, you know, there there are some guys that seem like quarterbacks are are a little more likely than, than others. Uh, I think they feel like they've got a case, uh, they've got something that they can work off of there for him to be eligible right away. But until then, you never know. And even then, Newman is just kind of he's just ahead of the game there. I mean, he, he's older. He, uh, he's been on campus a little longer, and I know they, they didn't really go through spring practice, but he has Todd Munkin's playbook, you know, going on, you know, seven or eight, six, seven months now, and then ultimately he had a chance to go through some of those uh, pre-spring walkthroughs. So he's uh, he, he's ahead of the game as far as that goes, and, you know, it'll be interesting to see if Daniels is uh, able to play right away, if, if he's going to be uh, if he's gonna be able to make up that ground and, and kind of, jump into that role because he is a pro-style passer. Jamie Newman's a pro-style passer, but Jamie Newman has that element of, uh, of mobility there that, you know, you know, obviously JT Daniels is coming off a serious knee injury. So there's a lot of issues at play there, but it all starts with, with Daniels being able to play right away, and we'll see if that happens. Do you feel that with, with Newman this offense can be more explosive? It's, it's always been a very pro-style, like you said, and, and they've always been able to, to grind it out on the ground, but does he give them a little bit more of big playability? Maybe uh, you know, 2017-2018, I mean, Georgia was nine over nine yards per pass attempt. They were mm-hmm. pretty explosive in the passing game because of the run game, because they were able to kind of work off of it. Teams had to play so near the line of scrimmage to to kind of keep the Nick Chubbs and Sony Michelle, DeAndre Swift, Elijah Holyfield at bay. But but I think now it's going to have similar uh, capability in that regard because you can't take the chance on given Georgia a numbers advantage in the box because of Newman's ability to, with the design run. I mean, he can really gash you there. He, he's a power running threat. And, and, you know, we talked to Greg McElroy here recently, and Greg was trying to, you know, make it seem like Newman was a throw-first guy, and I think that's true. But I also think he's very willing to run. And uh, and I think he kind of evens out some of the box issues they've had, and I think he can help make Georgia a little more explosive in the run game. But when it comes to the pass game, I think it's, it's going to be you know tough to tell right away because of the layoff, because of the missed spring practice, and because of the fact that Georgia's still trying to prove itself at receivers. You've got George Pickens there, but Dominic Blaylock's coming off a knee injury. You know, Demetrius Robertson hasn't lived up to the hype thus far. It'll be really interesting to see where Georgia is in terms of the passing game early on in the season. Well, you listed four great tailbacks for Georgia, and Georgia replacing four- and five-star tailbacks is just like the sun rising. That happens seemingly every day. Who's the next guy for Georgia in line to carry the football this year? Well, it's not as clear-cut as it's been the last few years, but you point as Amir White. You know, he's a guy that looked really good there against Baylor in that, uh, in that um, uh, Sugar Bowl. I mean, he ran the ball really well. He, he ran with some vision, with, you know, with some quickness. He's, he's now going to be two years removed. From uh, from his second ACL tear, I mean, he had two ACL tears on each, one on each knee, oh. in about a month, ten month span, and, and so that that's something that you knew was going to affect him early on. But he had his moments there there in 2019, and I, I think he, I think the 
the best version of him is still yet to come, and we'll kind of see if he can get back to that form that, that ranked him the number one running back in the country coming out of high school. Kenny McIntosh did some good things for Georgia last year. He only had 25 carries, but had Georgia's longest run of the season, a 64-yarder against, uh, against uh, Arkansas State. And James Cook's obviously a really talented back. His issue's been staying healthy. You know, we found out after the season that he was dinged up for, for most, if not all, of the year. And then they got another big time back in the in the 2020 class in Kendall Milton, the guy that enrolled early. Obviously, they get spring drills as we brought up already. But but he's a big six two, two hundred twenty five pound, two hundred thirty pound bruiser who's really light on his feet. And I like his game a lot. I mean, I think he's the type of guy that can that can kind of give defenses trouble. So you know, those four are the ones I'm looking at with Zamir White having the best chance to to win that feature back role. Who replaces Andrew Thomas at uh, left tackle? Well, you know, Jamari Sawyer's in the mix. He's a guy that was the number 10 offensive guard in the 2018 class. He's yeah. definitely going to play tackle for Georgia. Don't know if it's going to be left or, or right. Georgia's got a couple of guys, a couple of four-stars they recruited in the 2019 class, and Xavier Trust and Warren McClendon are going to have a chance to win that job. I also think that they've got a couple, couple two or three freshmen, maybe even four freshmen that can buy for that spot coming in. Uh, you know, they found one of the best offensive tackles in the country in Broderick Jones, a 6'5", you know, 300, 305, 310-pound guy out of Lithonia, Georgia, who's just a prototype. I mean, he is he is as well put together as any lineman you'll find. And, uh, you know, obviously it's tough to start as a freshman, but, you know, Alabama made a playoff in 2014 doing it. Georgia made a playoff in 2017 doing it. We'll see if somebody can do it there. But Jamari Starter is going to be replaced one of those first-round tackles, whether it's Thomas or whether it's Isaiah Wilson. And then there's a long line of guys that are going to compete and duke it out. But, but it's got to be considered a concern for Georgia a little bit because when you look at those tackle tackle positions, Georgia has two returning starts, both belong to Jamari Sawyer, and that's it. Uh, that can be scary, especially when you talk about new quarterback. You got to build up that familiarity. Defensively, I looked at your uh, your your depth chart that you did back in obviously back in January. But you know the thing that stuck out to me was a lot of experience coming back, especially on on the back end of that defense. How, how you know Kirby Smart, defensive head coach, he's always recruited well there. How good can this defense be for uh, for Smart this season? It can be tremendous. I mean, you, you look at the, Georgia led the nation in scoring defense at twelve point six points a game last year. They had one player drafted. And yeah. He was the last pick of the entire draft. One defensive player drafted. Georgia played anywhere from twenty four to twenty six guys consistently on defense last year, at least 20 of those are back. Uh, you know, you look at the linebacking core, they had they played 10 linebackers in different roles last year. They got nine of them coming back. Uh, you know, the defensive line lost some contributors, but not in, not really outside of Tyler Clark, none of its major playmakers. you got some guys coming of age at that position, and Trayvon Walker. Most of Georgia's NFL-caliber talent, first-round talent, in, in on last year's defense was in that freshman and sophomore class. And so that's what gives you a lot of reason to think that Georgia's going to be really, really good on defense, really dynamic. This may be the season that Georgia's able to kind of cause some havoc and, and you know, raise its sack total and tackle for a loss total, maybe create some more turnovers. Uh, you know, but, but the only place a depth chart really matters for the defense is in the back half, is in the, at the safety positions where they don't substitute and that cornerback where they basically use a three-man rotation because – at linebacker defensive line, Georgia plays a lot of different guys and a lot of different packages and a lot of different roles, and uh, that's what keeps everybody fresh. But they're, they're really deep and they're really talented on defense. And the numbers may not end up showing it, but Georgia's going to be more talented on defense this year than they were last year. 
obviously every game's tough in the SEC, but you know, when you look at Georgia's schedule, the two games that stand out obviously are the Alabama and, and the Florida game. You know, hasn't had any success against Alabama, but he hasn't lost to, to Florida since he's been there as Kirby Smart. You know, if they go one and one in those games, is that going to be enough to you know win the East and get get a rematch possibly with Alabama in, in the SEC championship game? I would imagine so. Uh, you know, it's, it's tough. It all depends on really what Florida does because if Georgia beats Florida, I think Georgia's in the SEC championship game. And, and I like Georgia to beat Florida early returns. I mean, last year I didn't really buy into the Florida hype and, and because mainly because I didn't really think Felipe Franks was the guy. Mm. Well, he ended up not being the guy after getting hurt and Kyle Trask took over, and they ended up being a pretty good football team. They looked really bad early in the year. I think Kyle Trask is a good quarterback. I think he's what they need. I think he's what they needed last year. I'm more worried about what they lose on defense, and and you know they Jonathan Grenard and and uh, Jabari Zuniga and, and and you know C.J. Henderson. I mean they they lost serious talent on the defensive side of the ball, and then they lost some serious talent on the offensive side of the ball. With Michael P. Ryan and and those receivers, I think they'll be able to make up for that. But uh, you know ultimately, I think Georgia's got to win the Florida game to, to get in the SEC championship game. You can't afford to give up that tiebreaker. So, yeah, if Georgia goes 1-1 one and one and loses to Alabama, sure. If they go 1-1 one and one and lose to Florida, it's a little bit of a toss-up. It all depends on they're going to need some help. So, yeah, I think that, that if Georgia beats Alabama early in the year at Alabama, I, I would have a hard time picking against them in Jacksonville, that's for sure. Sort of a big-picture question to finish this up here. You know, you look at Kirby Smart, and obviously been very successful at Georgia, got them to a national championship game, has played in, what, three straight SEC championship games and won an SEC title. But hasn't you know taken that final step to to be a national champion? What is his situation there? Is is this a year where that they they can jump and be the national champion? Is it still a building process? You know, I'm not saying Kirby Smart's on the hot seat. That would be foolish to say. But is there a, an air of are we ever going to take that next step, that final step at Georgia right now? No, not really. I, I don't think so. I, I don't think there's. A, I mean, obviously, there's some angst in the fan base since 1980 since they've. You've gotten there, and they've had some really awful things happen in terms of you know getting stopped at the you know three yard line in 2012, and you know losing to Florida in 2002, and they're not being a playoff or they would have been in it, and and uh, you know 2017 obviously second and 26 that was tough, and you know so there, there is some angst, but I don't think there's any really concern that that at this point that Kirby's going to be able to get Georgia where it wants to go. I think everybody has a confidence about that happening. Some people are going to have to see it to believe it, and I completely understand that. But the way Georgia's recruited, the way Georgia's been in the hunt every single year, you know, when, when you've got Nick Saban in the SEC, and, and then when you've got you know, teams being able to put up pop-up style uh, style seasons like LSU did, like Auburn did, and I know Auburn did it back in 2010, but you, you're just going to have to keep knocking on the door. You're just going to have to keep beating on that door until it flies open, and then is then you break through. But Georgia's recruiting under Kirby Smart has gotten it to the point where it can do that. I do think this team can be very, very good. I think it's going to have to weather an early storm with everything it lost on offense and all the, all the reps it missed with spring practice. But I think if that offense can gel as the season goes on, the defense can hold the line and give this team, this team a chance to come together late and, and maybe peak at the right time. I tend to agree with you on that. I think Georgia will be back in the NCC championship game, and, and they'll just sort of figure it out from there. Jake Rowe from 24-7 Sports, man. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for joining me. You got it, bud. Take care. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.